0: day what a lovely day it's actually oh what a day what a lovely day
1: oh what a day what a lovely day
0: but not said like that (laughs) (laughs) there you go and if you don't know what that's from then what the fuck's wrong with you
1: then go see fury road but yes that was the song we opened with lovely day or remastered version from the band front 242 Which is a Belgian electronic music group that came into prominence during the nineteen eighties, pioneering the style they called electronic body music. Ah. They were a profound influence on the electronic and industrial music genres.
0: No kidding.
1: Yes, and one of the main guys behind it is Jean Luc de Meyer. He does a lot with Alpha Matrix bands right now. He's kind of like a mentor and will appear on the albums of various bands under that label. And it's World EBM Day on the 24th of February because of the way Europe does dates. Right. As in the day of the month, then Then the the month, month, then then the the year.
0: year. Which really makes sense, actually.
1: Well, America, it's the month, then the day, then the year, Yeah. which is odd. The 24th of February in Europe would be 242. Uh uh-huh. So, Front 242 being the pioneers of electronic body music, that's why the 24th of February is EBM Day. Da da da! And since that falls into our, our wheelhouse, that we'd have a little EBM celebration played. When,
0: when did we get a wheelhouse? Ten
1: tracks. When we got the boat house. What? And then we have a wheelhouse.
0: I have never seen this wheelhouse. Where are you hiding? And it?
1: then we have a mill house, who is Bart's friend.
0: He's got the blue hair and the glasses, right? Yeah, Yeah.
1: Then we have acid house.
0: (laughs) Do we have a glass house?
1: Ooh. Could get some stones and...
0: Yeah. See what happens when you throw stones in a glass house, yeah?
1: Clubhouse, a full house. (laughs) There's a lot of things with house in it, huh? We can list build all day on that.
0: We could. We sure as hell could.
1: Housewife. (laughs)
0: List building. Yes. An important tool of improv.
1: Especially with short form games. Yarp. So yes, that's Front 242. That's the sound of EBM. And that is classic Front 242 from way back in the day. I mean, we're talking early 80s. Holy crap Holy. And you can kind of hear the minimalism of it. Back then, you didn't really have multi-track recording.
0: No, they still hadn't figured that out yet.
1: Yeah, and that's why that really early synth-pop sound, like with the Heaven 17 and with Human League, is they'd record on multi-tracks. And basically, they would record one part of it, then play it back while recording something else and just layer those on until you had, you know, four, six tracks. But the more they do that, the less quality it is. Mm -hmm. So that's with the early electronic music, like Gary Newman's that way too. It's really stripped down because they didn't have the multi-track recording we have today where we can layer multiple things. Yeah, And I like that. I like that crisp analog sound. Very Spartan. Very cool. Like... Lovely day. It's a cool track. And it just captures the sound of that early ABM, that danceable electronic music, which is slightly different than industrial because industrial rock was more rock oriented than dance oriented. Do you want to say something?
0: Uh, just make it a stupid joke in my head. Okay, what joke is that? <laughs> I said, so that recording style went to other recording styles and dominated and humiliated them for centuries? Yeah. All right. Just wanted to know.
1: Because it was a pioneer? Spartan. Oh, a Spartan. Oh! <laughs> I was thinking more like Pioneers as in like the Oregon Trail, which is getting a lot of mentions on podcasts right now. What the
0: hell? Because
1: at Dork Forest, there's a, a nerd about the Oregon Trail. He's actually a teacher and he uses it in his class, but he's played it like thousands of times.
0: I played it a lot when we got our first real Apple computer, yeah. which was an Apple 2c Oh, was very good at trading furs.
1: Trading furs. And apparently you get oxen to yeah. drive because mm-hmm. they're cheap and... You don't have to buy food for them because they graze. Yep. And if you get enough of them, you can trade with them too. Mm-hmm. You don't want mules because they're kind of stubborn. You don't want horses because they're expensive and you have to buy feed for them. Yeah. Wow. We're I'm really off topic. To okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry. It's your fault. <laughs> so, for saying Spartan. That started yes. it all.
1: But yeah, Belgium is the birthplace of EBM and still remains a hub because Alpha Matrix is a Belgian label and they have a lot of bands. And that's where I got that track to play promotionally. Is they're still based in Belgium and Belgian oriented?
0: Belgium, 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 Belgium is the best.
1: <laughs> Where'd that come from? <laughs> Just making up a song. Young. No, uh,
0: John Fenimore oh. souvenir program when oh, they see? made a joke about Belgium and the country of Belgium called the show and was upset and mm-hmm. he said, "Oh, so we'll say two more nice things about you before the show's over." They didn't consider not being counted as one of the low countries as a compliment. so he does the song at the end, which is fucking hilarious because it totally turns into this thing of how Belgium's going to invade the rest of the world and Belgium is the worst and they must be stopped. And uh, after it's over, he says, how is that? Yeah, they said that's fine.
1: (laughs) It's rather a British thing, isn't it? To make fun of Belgium.
0: Yes. And then, of course, there's a BBC quote-unquote bbc announcement at the end Uh apologizing to the people of belgium
1: in bruges was kind of about that too but they were irish Mm -hmm. or irish
0: because the word belgium begins with a plosive b and ending with the g and m sound making it comically funny to the english ear (laughs) belgium which is why hacks like john fenimore
1: Uh, the running gag with the bugle is about the waffles
0: mm-hmm. and that
1: they'd always eat waffles and loved waffles. And any new story coming out of Belgium, they had to tie in waffles somewhere.
0: Well, what are regular waffles?
1: I don't know. Because there's Belgian waffles and then. Nothing. What, Germanic waffles? Um,
0: Someone out there must know the difference. Please tell us.
1: Dutch waffles?
0: Danish waffles. No, they have Danish, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Danishes <laughs> have Danish. Yeah. <laughs> French bread. I am English muffin.
0: I'm on a lot of ibuprofen. Belgian waffle. <laughs> Sorry. What
1: the hell is German ch- chocolate cake. German chocolate cake. That's right. I was trying to think of what would Germany have. Go all through Europe naming foods. Anyhow, EBM, we're celebrating it. Sorry. Driving rhythms, percolating scents.
0: Where are they driving them?
1: To Belgium. <laughs> Or out of Belgium, <laughs> around Belgium,
0: well, to the docks, you,
1: to Antwerp, and or you, Brussels.
0: Well, if you take the ferry from England, you can take the ferry to France and then just drive into Belgium from there.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, they got ransacked during both World Wars, didn't they? Yes, they that sure was did. where No Man's Land was, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. It's the front. It's just right through Belgium.
0: Nobody talks about that. Not lately.
1: We have other concerns, I suppose.
0: Well, I mean, when anyone talks about World War II and France being cooperative with the nazis you, you just never hear about the belgium part yeah i them just getting totally decimated
2: <laughs> the
1: cat's playing we gave him catnip so you'll hear him scampering about yeah <laughs> it's kind of odd to give him catnip before recording but we couldn't resist
0: he's just so funny when he's on catnip yeah so and he, he has so much fun chasing everything okay sorry i'm detract- just, just uh, <laughs> distracting us again sorry it's all right.
1: It's okay. This is the banter portion of the show, usually, anyway. So yeah, it's
0: I'm, just, good being, to I'm banter. just being annoying and interrupting you like you usually do to me.
1: <laughs> and I don't <laughs> seem to mind, oddly.
0: And that's because you we've learned yes and.
1: Well, I'm not in the middle of a thing at the moment because yeah. I kind of described, and yeah, that is a very early track that's been remastered and released through Alpha Matrix Radio. Um, do you want more music or should we go, go into one of our first of things? Now
0: let's have some more music.
1: Next up, we leave Belgium for Sweden.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> With a band I've
0: never been able to pronounce, but I
1: believe it's French or something for Doll Factory. Sure. It's like Paupé Fabrique.
0: Sure, why and not?
1: Anyway, they are a Swedish EBM band that started in 1988 by Henrik Björk and Life Home. Or is it Leaf? So I want to do it the German way. Whereas if E, e- I is always I, it's probably Leaf. Leaf home. Yeah, probably. Who both hail from Kolskoga. They have a rather punishing, aggressive approach to EBM, which I think influenced some of the agrotech of later years. Yes. Very shouty, kind I'm of in not- the. Tradition of Nitsereb.
0: Yeah, it hurts my voice to listen to that those vocals. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that's something you'll find with EBM, especially if it's like really classic stuff. It's very repetitive. And they just find that like four on the floor beat and drive it home with like a chanting type vocal.
0: <laughs> that's funny. Four on the floor, drive that home. Well done. what did I do... Four on the floor? That's like a slang for a manual transmission of the car. How oh, many yeah. gears driving it has. Oh, yeah, driving beats.
1: That's four on the floor. Yeah. yeah. See, I meant like the four feet rock.
0: Oh, you made an analogy and didn't even know it. I
1: did. I made a driving pun. You It shows you how much I know about cars. Oh,
0: it was so good. I'm so proud of you. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so much ibuprofen.
1: <laughs> yeah, you... <laughs> injured your back and are in pain
0: yes and if you would like to know how you, i injured my back i don't know just
1: funny because your pain argain cd that uh Pape Fabrique was going to release got delayed because they had like a fallout with their record label at the time mm. which was energy and now guess what they're with alpha matrix
2: <laughs> yay yay alpha matrix alpha
1: matrix gets them it's like, oh, that's what you guys are doing. You fit in quite well under our umbrella.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: here's some aggressive, sore throaty, shouty, shouty EBM out of Sweden. Mm-hmm. collection of my college years because there was a Graywell cd exchange next to the college and between classes i'd go over there and peruse and possibly buy albums yeah and it was around that early 90s when industrial and ebm was at its peak so we're talking like pretty hate machine had recently been released little nine inch nails action and that's when i was i started getting into industrial around 88 i think 88 89 And so by my college years, which was from like 90 to 95, I was collecting a lot of industrial and EBM. And Plastic Noise Experience is one of those bands. And they formed in the end of 1989 by Klaus Kruse and Stephen Kalva. Again, aggressive EBM and also kind of falls into the electro-industrial category. And by their names and by their online presence. I take it they're from Germany. <laughs> so everything's like .de which would be Deutschland. Mm-hmm. So yeah, kind of that Germanic approach. Which is weird because a lot of their stuff is in English but that particular track is in German. Das Ritual.
0: They're going to help with the summoning of the spirits. They are. They pair they well <laughs> those two tracks. Das
1: Ritual, summon the spirits and also the aggressive approach to EBM. The harsh vocal chanting type. Very aggressive. Again, the driving beat. But that one had
0: zaps. It did have zaps. I love zaps.
1: And that pipe organ that comes out of nowhere.
0: Yes. And I like pipe organ, too. I know that sounds really weird. But when pipe organ is used correctly in a creepy or gothic-y sense. Which it or, does there. It has yeah. a lot of atmosphere. Yeah. 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 When it's done in like a cheesy roll out the barrel sort of thing,
1: <laughs> or the, the trolling out animals for a circus, like the whole Pat Oswalt thing. Oh god! Oh
0: god! Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> it's
1: all these depressed animals marching around to creepy Calliope music or something. Beep boop boop beep
3: boop boop beep
0: boop. So, it's just so... <laughs> whoever thought the circus was a good idea is not yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Not... the circus is in town. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in your homes. <sighs> uh, okay. But yes, you
1: like the zaps. I do you, like. You I like do. the pipe organ.
0: Yes, I do. Yeah. I admit. it's a
1: cool track. It goes places too. It's really nifty because a lot of EBM can be just straightforward. Okay, we lay down the backing track. We're just going to chant along to it, and we'll have a bit of that later on just to show you know the the simple bare bones stuff. But every once in a while, you can explore and have changes. Kind of a progressive approach to EBM.
0: Indeed. We got some feedback. Meow, 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 meow. meow <laughs> oh, she's
1: stuck out on a loop. Meow, meow. She's in a meowing loop. Meow,
0: meow. Yeah. We have feedback from James, also known as Dark Ink One. Sorry about the accent. Good one. Just listening to the beginning of the podcast is our last one. Our monkey. You, yes, if you didn't know, Peter Hook, the bass player, no longer plays with New Order after a really messy breakup.
1: Mm, Yeah, because he toured the Southern United States. I think he called Peter Hook and the Light. I think they called themselves. Yeah. And he was playing a lot of Joy Division stuff.
0: Yeah, sad when thinking of the huge part Joy Division played in alternative music history. And he put a link there uh, how to rip apart a band in 11 easy steps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice, I should read that.
0: Then he also said, also, I've now got used to Arthur Darville in Legends of Tomorrow. I know it's Legends, but you yep. like to say Legends. It's
1: fun to say Legends. Uh,
0: he's less wooden now, more bendy plastic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's really playing the straight man of the group, and it works, because mm-hmm. he can be humorous in that respect, you know, because yeah. he's a foil for everybody else, and it's way, he gives them the baseline.
0: It's way harder to play it straight. Mm-hmm.
1: And he's a comedic actor, as you know from Doctor Who, so...
0: He's just a good actor. Mm-hmm. He was also in the first season of Broadchurch, and I took me a minute to res- recognize him. I almost said rescue.
1: <laughs> rescue him? Rescue him from <laughs> Stephen Moffat? Who kept trying to kill him and then bring him back. Was um, he an Auton in the end? I don't know. was I, I was so confused by the Moffat series. What? They got so convoluted. Oh, Rory. Was he an Auton?
0: I don't fucking care. Yeah. Anyway.
1: It's like, and when did that happen? Uh,
2: uh.
0: God, I lost my train of thought. He was in season one of Broadchurch. Yes. Which was an extremely dramatic and very humorless, good, 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 good mystery. Hard. Difficult. Yes. To watch at times, except I saw the uh, the killer coming a mile away. Maybe other people didn't, but I figured it out in the third episode. Well, oh,
1: you grew up watching mysteries as well, so yeah. I think you can pick up on the format.
0: When you know who it is, or you think you know who it is, everything they do just is so upsetting. Yeah, when you know when they're trying to deflect. The investigation or you know they're lying about something you're just like man anyway I haven't watched season two yet it's on Netflix now (laughs) but yeah I didn't recognize him at first because he had a a, a lovely robust beard and he was a vicar and uh, a a vicar a vicar
1: okay because you said that in a certain way that I was like what'd you say he was a vicar (laughs) vicar he was a vicar he was a vicar okay not, Ooh, to, not
0: to uh, not to vicar in fancy dress though. Just, okay. Just, to, just to, <laughs> I'm sorry. Care for top up? Uh, no, I just I was listening to souvenir program again because when I get downhearted, that's the thing that mm-hmm. really brings me up is comedy.
1: You do love that British so. comedy.
0: I do. British I do. sketch
1: comedy. So up next is one of Brandy's favorites. Yarp. And it's the band Stromkern.
0: Yes. Who
1: for the longest time I thought was German. No. But are from Wisconsin. Yep. Even though their like first album EP thing was German language.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well they speak lots of German up there in Wisconsin, didn't you know?
1: Ah yeah, that's true, I guess. I have no
0: idea if that's true. I'm just saying things.
1: And it was formed in nineteen ninety four by James Ned Kirby, who blends electronic music with hip hop. Kind of EBM meets hip hop. It's just a nice fusion form.
0: It works quite well.
1: Yeah, you don't hear that very often. And just that dramatic approach to EBM combined with like the American hip hop culture. Interesting, rich sound. Mm. And as a rapper, He's amazing.
0: One of my pet peeves with rap, you know, basically if you're just rambling on and it's not even remotely with the beat of the song, you're just reciting poetry with a musical background.
1: <laughs> yeah. If
0: it's rap, it needs to be with the beat, kiddos.
1: That's why I really like Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. Because it is on
0: And there, there are people beat. who might, you know, disagree with me on that point, but when rap first started, it wasn't... Reading poetry to music <laughs> or a beat.
1: Now The rhythm is very important to it. Yeah. I mean, rhythm is even important in certain forms of poetry, too. So you want the meter yeah, to be poetry. something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, even the iambic pentameter, it has a certain beat, certain rhythm to it.
0: That's another thing that annoys me is when people cannot match their iambic pentameter because they want to make a specific rhyme. And I'm just like, what are you doing? You could have done that so differently. Really? Now it's like da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da da 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 No! That's not how you do this! Sorry. It's, you know, call it creativity, I guess. It's just my obsessive compulsive disorder rearing its head. If you're going to write a poem that rhymes, then please give it some other structure as well, because otherwise you're just, again, rambling.
1: Yeah, if you're having a rhyming poem without meter... It just calls out to being amateurish, yeah. even worse than that is just kind of sing-songy, thinking that all a poem has to do is rhyme. It's like, no, the lines have to match in meter as well, mm-hmm. or there's got to be the pattern like the A, B, B, A, B, you know, that sort of yeah. thing.
0: Yeah, because, you know, it's okay if it goes A, B, A, B, or... A-A-B-B or A-B-B-A or whatever. ABBA. (laughs) I'm sorry. I should I shouldn't tell people how to you know stay on the beat I guess. I'm going to get angry emails now.
1: What from bad rappers? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Bad rappers are going to be flowing in. They're just going to be sending us angry MP3s in terrible There's been a few that have been
1: on like Late Night with Stephen Colbert or on Saturday Night Live. Late show. Okay. Show. Yeah, that are like, ugh, no thank you. Kirby, he started a band because he was DJing. He was just sick of the music that he was playing. Mm. He's like, this isn't working out for me, so I want to hear a different sound. So he formed a new band.
0: Well done, sir.
1: And we have the song Intuit. Yeah. And it's super groovy. Yeah. It has a really cool pronounced bass line. Uh-huh. That sounds like an actual bass. It doesn't sound like a synth, so that's cool. Yeah. This is Intuit by Stromkern, who appears on the Crackdown game.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Bring ten more. Seems to me that if I want to die, it should really be decision mine. Cause if you're lucky and you truly see, you know that heaven really ain't the place to be. Should've known I had to pray sometime. Shoulda known I gotta stay in line. What I know was the key insider. Celebrating kind. Made it known for the agency. I made it known there was a vacancy. I got a way to create desire. Cipher, took my style, fine, he's in the kitchen next it with wine You trip it up with all your concrete rests. corporate style should be on your left What you use is, it's up to you, cause I always gain, it, it's always psychopath Corporate said to demonstrate delays, gonna buy it like the end of days This full of cipher, I'm on my way, not just for matter, hidden in the grays Try to find up on a decent side Try so hard to keep me, keep me guessing In fact, I've had quite a of the No need to just keep confessing. Your mission still to convert them And maybe hurt them If you assert them Maybe you'll have them A little lesson Somehow I still doubt it You couldn't teach us Even if we was about it Cause you missed something in the fundament That you can lead a host to water But you're drowning it You got to spill your net face down in it You wanna save the whole world But you're killing instead.
1: EBM powerhouse Ebb, or a British EBM group that formed in 1982 by Essex school friends Von Bon harris who's programming synthesizers, drums, vocals, and Douglas McCarthy of Fixmer McCarthy, as he does multiple projects, yeah. on vocals, and David Gooday on drums. And I saw them in concert long ago. Did you know? Yeah, it was the Ebhead tour, which wasn't my favorite favorite album of theirs but it was okay it was very popular it's around the 90s they really blew up but yeah you don't particularly care for it because the vocals just annoy you
0: they rubbed me the wrong way yeah. that that one actually wasn't too bad but it's there's, still there's it's like it's a- really killing me
1: tone in his voice that you don't care for.
0: Well, it's the, for the same reason that I don't like most opera. Yeah. There's just this harshness there. Yeah. That and nobody in opera can fucking enunciate.
1: <laughs> I don't have a problem with enunciation with Nitsereb because they're very much in that chant type EBM, especially their early stuff.
0: I was only talking about opera singers, not yeah. Nitsereb.
1: Oh. <laughs> That you're comparing them as the no, I was
0: com- I was comparing the harshness, yeah, the harshness,
1: but not but the... but not the not the enunciation, enunciation. yeah, because no. the chant stuff is really prominent early on with that total age. That's basically that whole album is laying down pounding rhythms with uh, chanting over it, pounding, yeah, pounding, pounding, and then they got more singery later on. <laughs> Singery? Singer. Singery.
0: Singery. <laughs> I love it. Singery. Song style Singery. I like that. Singery. Singery.
1: Shall we get into some reviews? Now yeah. that we're at the halfway point.
0: We couldn't talk about this in the last podcast because we had not seen it yet. Uh, but the day after we recorded the last podcast we went and saw at the Ziegfeld Theater Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. We
1: did see Dirty Rotten Scoundrels starring our buddy Ebb.
0: Our buddy Ebb Madsen. Who
1: leads the whole improv comedy stuff mm-hmm. at the zig
0: and kevin Ireland, big o tires guy
1: yeah we talked about him as well going to the movies and there's no preview commercial type things and he's in a cowboy hat playing yeah. electric guitar
0: they're like hey there's kevin now neither of us liked the movie
1: it's actually one of my most hated movies
0: the broadway musical is very different a bit more heart i think well not only that but the plot takes a turn that the movie does not yes Like the whole ending. And I don't want to spoil the ending because if you have seen the movie but have not seen the Broadway musical, I do not want anyone to know. Because honestly, it really is very funny. And they made it very modern. Very modern references.
1: Yeah, they updated the humor. The jokes Mm -hmm. are more modern.
0: Broke the fourth wall quite a bit. It was hella good fun.
1: And it's kind of tricky because there's that whole... Deal where Eb's pretending to be the younger Ruprecht. brother the Ruprecht. Ruprecht. Mm-hmm. That's really difficult joke to pull off these
0: days. Yeah, so I have
1: to kind of go in knowing that there's going to be some offensive material in there.
0: It is not a show for children.
1: No, it is not.
0: It's vulgar in its humor, not constantly.
1: No, just on occasion.
0: I laughed out loud so many times, and it's got really great reviews. Actually. Well, that's from good. local bloggers and reviewers.
1: Yeah. I know they had a slow start, but it seems there's more and more traffic at the Zig as it goes on.
0: This time of year is a difficult time of year for all live theater.
1: Oh, yeah, because we were going to perform with Off the Wall and then got canceled because there's going to be more people on stage than in the audience. Yeah,
0: there was... Not it's enough just, of us. Yeah,
1: people don't go to the theater in February for whatever reason.
0: I think that's one of the reasons why they released Deadpool when they did. But that's another story.
1: Well, yeah, we'll get into that later. Yes,
0: yes, yes, we will. As per usual, they had problems with the mics. Yeah, there's
1: a unfortunate incident with the curtain as well.
0: Yeah. My favorite, though, was when one of the columns on the platform took a dive when Jai enthusiastically leapt past it <laughs> and yeah. Bonnie caught it. I thought, oh, my God, that's going to squash her. Oh, no, wait. It's just part it's, of It's not it's even cardboard. Like it's like, yeah. it's like, it's seriously like cardboard, man. Yeah. And so I was so relieved because she just caught it and just said it. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, wait, to go, Bonnie. Bonnie was our kid's backstage mom for Fairly Potter. And uh, her sons were both in the show, and her youngest son Ty was young Batman, and I had to share my mic with him. So we we had we had a friendship, we had a connection, because uh, we were mic buddies. We were mic buddies, but we were also buddy buddies. He's an adorable kid. Yeah. So it was fun to see mom strutting her stuff. <laughs> she did very well, and you know who else did really really well.
1: Who else did really, really well?
0: Oh, our friend Miss Killian Johnson. Oh, yay. Yes, indeedy-weedy.
1: Yeah, she played the uh, wealthy lady from Oklahoma, huh?
0: Yes, I'm trying to find her the character's name, so give me a moment. She
1: stole that scene. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Afraid. As soon as she appeared and she put on the that Oklahoma accent and just the, the girl of the plains kind of thing. Mm-hmm. like. Calamity Jane style.
0: Oh, she was she was fantastic.
1: Yep, she had a great number too. That country dance number.
0: It is a difficult number because you know there's singing, and singing and singing, and then a lot of dancing, and then back to singing. While you're out of breath. So yay, Jolene. That was her name. That's right. I could not remember it. Jolene. Jolene, Uh, yeah. Miss Kellyanne was absolutely fucking amazing
1: she's funny anyway
0: i really enjoy her i think she's very talented and she's uh really good at dancing she she was one of the tap dancing reindeer in fairly potter as well as playing pansy and uh mrs dursley and (laughs) that girl had more costume changes than anyone in the show (laughs) she played more different characters than anyone in the show wow i know that she did yeah i really admire her and like her
1: Yes, I like her as well.
0: There might be a little girl crush going on there. Anyway.
2: Because
1: <laughs> yeah, we went opening night, so they had the gala, so we went upstairs, and you talked to just about everybody in the show. Well,
0: I knew most of them. Heidi Hunt, who was Fiona yeah, in yeah. Shrek I when I was in Shrek. about to say that. She was, was it Christine Colgate? She is amazing. She's
1: She she does awkward so well.
0: She is brilliant at awkward. Which
1: worked for Fiona and worked for Colgate as well.
0: There are times when you are, I mean, at the very beginning, before you really know she's a klutz, Uh where you're just like, oh my God, did she hurt herself? (laughs) And then you realize, oh no, she's acting.
1: That was a tricky bit where she came off the bed and you're like, okay, did she trip? No. Or is that?
0: No, that was acting. That was acting. Brilliant.
1: And she kept going,
0: I'm always doing that. (laughs) Yeah, no, she was great. Eb was great. Kevin was great. Yep. Uh, My friend Danny, who was Donkey in Shrek, best Donkey ever. Yes, And he was also in Les Miserables, and so we've done a couple of shows together now. Um, He was... In it as well as yeah, the, he was like the the French police, police chief, yeah, the police chief that was who also has a, a name, con man. I'm sure his name is Andre. Mm-hmm. So just
1: he had a really fun part. He did. It wasn't like all out there silly like some of the other characters, but it, there was enough comedic oh, yes. material there.
0: He had some great lines. Yeah. He he really did. When he did Shrek. He would not wear his glasses on stage, of course, because right. that would be silly. But I kept telling him, why don't you just get contacts? He's like, no, I don't want to wear contacts, blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what he did for this show? He got contacts because mm. there is no way to do that show without your glasses on. Mm. You cannot do that without being able to see. And he's like, yeah, I went to this optometrist and I got some and it's actually really cool. I can <laughs> see really well. <laughs> I'm Excellent. so proud of you, Danny. Yes. And he said, I, I, I will never forget all those rides you gave me to Les Miserables, man. Yeah. I like, dude, it was on the way. It's not like it was a big deal. And he said, no, it was a big deal. That's the kind of thing I remember. Yeah. <laughs> i like, Danny, I love you. It was a fun night. Had a great time.
1: I had fun upstairs. I had nice treats, little chocolates that reminded you of being a kid
0: oh my god yes the tiny little chocolate balls
1: and then they had what ginger ale
0: mm-hmm ginger ale in place of champagne you know? yeah it looked
1: a, like champagne you know? it
0: looked like champagne but you cannot you cannot serve champagne at the Ziegfeld theater because they don't have a liquor license because they're right next to a daycare yeah because utah stupid
1: yeah they'd love to serve alcohol but yeah it's right next to a daycare so They're not allowed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they've got, I think, two more weekends of that, and then they pack it up and take it up to Park City. Wow. Yeah.
1: Bet you don't envy them.
0: No. It's going to do great in Park City.
1: And Park City pays really well.
0: Yes, it does.
1: So that's nice.
0: This uh, little arrangement that they worked out a couple of years ago when they started taking shows up there has been very, very good for both theaters, both the Egyptian theater up there and for the Ziegfeld down here.
1: Yeah, because the Zig has a great company. You know, usually when they cast something, they do really well.
0: Mm-hmm. It is uh, very rare that I feel that there's been a misstep in casting. But or then, direction yeah. or
1: choreography, which is something else new
0: mm-hmm.
1: for Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I always want to say Dirty Rotten Imbeciles, which is a thrash kind of punk, like mm. hardcore punk thrash band.
0: Needless to say, I fucking loved it.
1: To have such unlikable characters and to sell them and be interested in their lives, it was a feat. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, I loathed the film. Yes, I did. One of the worst comedies I've ever seen.
0: I, I wouldn't call it a comedy. Yeah, um,
1: just despicable people doing despicable things.
0: Yeah, it's it's that same thing where it's like New York comedy sitcoms where everybody's just horrible to well, each other, like Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, and, curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, but not just that. It was there was that one. Uh, they had Megan Mullally on it.
1: Or oh, was it the oh boy?
0: I can't remember the name of it, but... Yeah,
1: it was supposed to be really gay progressive, but it really wasn't because it was just so stereotyped. Is that what the one?
0: Yeah, but I don't remember what it was called. I
1: don't either. It was names. Yeah. The names of... And it's like songs with people's names, movies with people's names. I never remember them.
0: Yeah. Well, in any case, it was just, you know, I watched it for a little while and then I just realized... These people all hate each other. Why do I want to watch them hate each other?
1: Yeah, they hate each other, they bicker each other, they insult each other. They do There's terrible things to each other. No entertainment. No here. That's that's not what I find. To funny. Be had. Is everybody being catty. Who just, wants to watch that?
0: You know, if you have one or two characters like that, okay. But yeah. when is everybody
1: Or when you do it lovingly, but there it didn't even seem to be that. It's just No. People ribbing on each other. So yeah, that's what Thanksgiving's for. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Thumbs up, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, the musical. If you get the chance to see it, honestly, I recommend it. I mean, no matter where it's playing, because it's fun, especially if they actually update it.
1: (laughs) Updated version would be best, Mm -hmm. because then the jokes land better.
0: Well, and because Rick Ray directed it, you know, that's why all of the updating worked.
1: If it was your New Year's resolution to listen to the Keep Calm and Rock On experience, first off, good choice. Secondly, we won't take any offense if you haven't heard any of our interviews from last year, but you can change that. All of our episodes are archived for your enjoyment, so check them out. We've got interviews with Jimmy Vivino, G.E. Smith, Al Cooper, Steady Rollin', Bob Margolin, Snowy White, Dick Dale, Jim Weeder, Fred Goodman, Anthony DeCurtis, and the one that started it all, Nils Lofgren. Make sure to subscribe to our show or check back in the future for any other guests that we have or podcasts that we do for you. So One Size Project, usually shortened to OCP, was formed in Frankfurt, Germany in 1994.
0: More Germans.
1: Yes. Originally as One Size by Josef Grün. Uh, one Size, of course, is spelt funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's O-N-E-C-Y-Z-E. Yeah. It was actually a, kind of a reference to Two previous projects, and they kind of combined them. But they're really more of a dark electro band. But in this instance, they recorded a cover of, I think, a mid 90s era front two for two song mm. called Disgrace. <laughs> and it's nifty. And you had some things to say about it. Did I? Yes, that is depressing. (laughs) Oh yes, it's It's somber.
0: I enjoyed its sombrerity. No, that's... It's sombrero?
1: (laughs) It's You enjoyed its sombrero.
0: Yeah, I wanted to put it on the floor and dance around it to La Cucaracha. No! (laughs) no i I appreciate it i depressing music makes me feel good <laughs> well,
1: that's very cathartic and yeah. there's studies that like metal actually reduces stress, you know listening to metal so
0: i really so. I like things in minor keys, so yeah. yeah,
1: just kind of a more subdued approach to it because there's a lot of loud shouty shouty stuff we had in the first half yes and this it's kind of buried it's like the first front 242 song the lovely day how the vocals are kind of buried Yep. it's like in this instance too so i think they captured the spirit of front 242 and recording the vocals as well How they're they're used more as an another instrument than mm-hmm. rather something to be pronounced and separate from the track
0: well, we've reached the apex of the workout, and now we're entering our cool-down phase. <laughs> we're, well, we're also... <laughs> I'm sorry. I packed
1: the first half with the, the named bands, you know, the ones that are out there and known. Right. And here we're getting into the ones that are a bit more obscure, and One Size Project is one of those, because finding information about them on the internet is a trick in itself.
2: Yes, it is. So,
1: yeah. so this is the cover of Front 242's Disgrace performed by one size plan. Business as Usual by the band Black Ops, who are pretty much a friend of ours.
2: Yeah.
1: And that track was pretty much sent to me directly. Yeah. (laughs) Through connections with the Department of Evil and with Dark Horizons and that whole crew of Darklings that I associated my early social media days, and that's... The harsh EBM, terror EBM, agrotech kind of sound in the kind of stylings of Kamba Christ and bands like that. Mm. Really geared to hard dancing on dance clubs. and Yeah, just pounding, pounding rhythm and that aggressive vocals once again. Yeah. 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 And I like the beepings.
0: Beep, beep. Beep, beep,
1: the beepings beep, good. Nice anti-war track there, too. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because you get this really aggressive music with, you know, chanting and some ties to the martial industrial sound, a lot of marching-type rhythms, and often lifting samples like this particular song does from, like, war films or propaganda or something like that. But all done in a pacifistic nature is to actually turn a mirror at war and just show how horrible it is
0: it is there is never a good reason for it and that's never. What,
1: yeah that's what you get with dark electro 2 that's how lumpskut's thing is mm-hmm. by showing the worst of humanity you better appreciate the better parts of humanity
0: because every time someone tries to win a war before it starts innocent people die yeah every time says captain america mm-hmm. and he's right Yep, I said that so many times during Fallout 4. Anyway, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, while you're playing Fallout 4, you kept saying that to yourself or?
0: because there were situations where that applied more than one situation, and where that applied, and I'm like, "What is wrong with you people?" So yeah. check out
1: Black Ops, B L A K O P Z. Black Ops. I'm
0: down with O P Z. Yeah, yeah, you down, know me. Are you down with O P Z? You know me. <laughs> I had to do it.
1: Yeah. So we're we'll we
0: into reviews now, I believe. Yes. Um we've got three movies. We're gonna do two now and one later. Um sweet. So which one do you want to do first?
1: We'll do Hell Caesar because we saw that one first, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Hell Caesar is an appropriate way to say it. <laughs> Hell
1: Caesar.
2: Oh
0: boy. Uh, the Cohen's uh, Um
1: It's it has a lot of themes. Too like many Barton Fink and I hated Barton Fink.
0: It has too many things. And
1: I didn't particularly like this film.
0: I didn't particularly like it either because I found it to be incoherent.
1: True.
0: Uh lacking plot.
1: Yeah, or a very thin plot.
0: Well, I didn't say it was completely lacking plot. It wasn't completely absent of plot, but there was a lot to be desired in that area. The main character has no arc whatsoever. Or agency. Uh, He doesn't even drive the story because he just says things to other people, and Mm. then those other people drive the story.
1: He's a babysitter, and one of the first scenes, I think even a pre-credit scene, he slaps a woman. Mm -hmm. So was that... Kind of the opposite of the Save the Cat moment?
0: I don't know. Um,
1: I'm not sure what they were driving at.
0: I don't think they knew what they were driving at. It's pretty clear to me that they really loved those movie production scenes.
1: Yeah, because those got the most time, Mm -hmm. the most effort. And it just seemed like they wanted... To have vignettes.
0: They wanted to do Singing in the Rain, but they couldn't do Singing in the Rain because it's already been done. Uh And so they tried to do this whole montage of Hollywood 50s era numbers. (laughs) And then they had no way to tie it all together.
1: It's exactly what it is. It's an anthology film without a decent wraparound. Mm -hmm. There's, There's all these little side stories that never quite culminate. None of them. And so no, you're left going, I wonder what happened to that person. Or you or, just barely get, oh, they're married now. And you're like. Yeah.
0: Ugh. They ran off and got married. Uh, yeah. Some... Let's see. Let's mm. not see that. Let's have that happen completely off screen. And it wasn't very funny.
1: It wasn't funny. It wasn't gratifying.
0: It To me, I was offended at how they made light of McCarthyism.
1: Yes. The Mark- McCarthyism, communism thing. It was so cavalier mm-hmm. the way they approached it. Just casual.
0: and Yeah, and I'm, when I say I'm offended, I'm not like, oh, oh, I'm never watching anything by these people again. I'm going to walk yeah. out of the theater. No, not like that. It's just, it rubbed me the wrong way. And I thought, really? Yeah. In this day and age, you're going to do it like that, huh? <laughs> okay. I know you think that you're doing something that's a product of its time, but this is not the way to do well, that. Was
1: it Good Night, Good Luck? That was the George Clooney, which is weird because he was involved in the film. So it's like... Mm-hmm. Why didn't he raise his hand and go, excuse me, fellas?
0: Maybe he thought it was satire. If it was satire, it wasn't good satire. It didn't come
1: across like it at all. No.
0: So I really have no idea what they were trying to say or do with this film.
1: Which is a failure. Mm Because if you make a piece of art that people can't interpret what it means, Mm -hmm. I don't know.
0: It It was filmed well. The costumes were top-notch.
1: Yeah. The uh, cameos
0: were fantastic.
1: Yeah, Scarlett Johansson was a highlight.
0: The the opinion. movie production numbers were great. Everything in between was kind of... Yeah,
1: <sighs> Channing Tatum's dance number was brilliant. Oh my god, that was
0: so fucking funny. But
1: then to end, have him end up being a communist and, and going get, to getting, Russia to, learn on learn sub to be a
0: communist. To, <sighs> a Russian sub to go to Russia to learn the true... Ways of communism. I was like, oh my god. And nothing ever really
1: matters. It's like... Nothing. They kidnap an actor for a certain amount of money. They get the money and they spill it overboard. And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. It amounts to nothing.
0: Nothing. You,
1: it's a fart in the wind.
0: Yeah, the only thing that matters is Hobie.
1: Hobie is the real main character. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why we just didn't follow his story rather than Brolin's.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. yeah. he's, he's the one that told him to look at the extras Mm -hmm. because those guys nobody pays attention nobody pays attention to them they come and go you never know what they're thinking or what their end game is
0: he's the one who figures out who's got the money
1: yeah and he's the one that tracks him down finds george clooney brings him back he does everything Mm -hmm. so why isn't he the lead character I will say this. Yeah?
0: George Clooney has great legs.
1: Yes, he does, because he's in that Roman outfit for most of the film.
0: For all of the film. Oh, yeah, he is. The he's in outfit film. the whole film, the isn't he? The whole film.
1: Yeah. Yep. It's oh, it just overly bloated vignette things, like when he's doing the lasso dance.
0: Mhm.
1: What does, does it serve the plot at all? No.
0: No, but it was fun to watch because he's killing time waiting for his date. Yeah. And it's a date that was set up for him by the studio. Yes. Because they thought, okay, you need a date to this premiere, and we want you to be seen with this person. And we're going to give this one reporter an exclusive on it. Tilda Swinton playing twins. That woman yeah. can do anything.
1: Yeah, that was amazing, too. Because it was kind of like the Dear Abby thing. Because mm-hmm. there's, like, what, two advice columns, and they were sisters, and they hated each other. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing they were doing. Oh, wow. It's just so unsatisfying and no stakes at all. None. No stakes. I mean, what happens if the film goes long? They lose a little bit of money?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is he in threat of losing his job? No, he has another job offer that pays better. So,
0: and has better hours. So, there's no reason to do anything. There isn't. There's no progression. Yeah. And
1: his family life, I mean, there's there's some strife. He's lying to his wife about smoking, so there's that to love the character about. And then her regretting his long hours but not really doing anything about it. And mm-hmm. That never gets resolved. It'd be nice if it ended with her leaving. Well, the you know, thing something. is,
0: the, the, the wife and the kids, they weren't even real characters.
1: No, they were They're, just there The scenes padding. with them,
0: not even necessary. Yeah. Not even a little bit.
1: Because there seemed to be resentment on the wife's with him working those longer hours.
0: No, wives, she was, wives didn't resent their husbands no. back in the 50s, honey. Well,
1: it was a subtle thing.
0: No, I know what you mean. Yeah. What I'm saying is they would never openly do that.
1: No, and that's what I mean is it yeah. doesn't get resolved. It just...
0: Yeah, there's, just there's honestly fart. not really any resolution to anything because I'm just like... Okay, well, this new movie that they put Hobie in, how does that turn out? Does he become a dramatic acting star? Does he have this little romance with Carlotta, I think her name was? I mean, Mm. these these are things I care about, and you answer none of them!
1: Uh, Yeah, because they go on and on and on about him doing the different line readings and stuff and then changing the line. Another bloated scene about being in the editing bay and Mm. then watching the dailies and seeing him say the line. And it amounts to nothing. Nothing. There's no payoff in anything. It's just set up, set up, set up. And then it deflates.
0: So sorry. Didn't like it.
1: Yeah, It is so highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and I don't see why.
0: Well, actually, the the reviews, now that they're coming in, are quite mixed.
1: Okay, so it's dropped since then? Mm. It might just be all the, the fanboys and fangirls that are loving mm. anything the Coens do?
0: Yeah, I don't love anything the Coens do.
1: Yeah, because uh, Old oh Brother Where Art Thou is really, really good. It's really funny, and it tells a story, and there's stakes involved. Mm-hmm. There's his family. There's him going back to prison. They actually think one of them's dead for a while. Yeah. Or turned into a frog or whatever the hell.
0: Yeah. So I liked that. And, of course, Big Lebowski.
1: Yeah, Big Lebowski. stakes there as well, mm-hmm. you know? So.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I'm not saying that I dislike the Coen brothers. I don't, but they're kind of 50-50 as yeah. far as success rates so with Fargo? me. Fargo? Fargo, great.
1: Yeah, but... I didn't mind True Grit too much. It was kind hated of in it. between. I hated it. Oh, you yeah, hate Westerns anyway.
0: But I really hated True Grit.
1: Yeah, it was just kind of like,
0: oh, that's...
1: Uh,
0: it's like, why did I sit here through this?
1: Yeah, but this one, whew, Yeah. Boy.
0: Okay, I think we bashed that enough. <laughs>
1: yeah, not good. So, uh, Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Ex, we finally got around to seeing Ex Machina. Yeah. Uh, not really any li- likable characters in there, are there?
0: Yes and no, because I find Caleb likable, if naive.
1: Yes, too naive, really. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that was why he was chosen. Yeah. And uh, it was fun to see Oscar Isaac and Domino Gleeson in completely different roles from Force Awakens. Right. Both very great actors. I cannot stress that enough. Yeah. Because it is not easy to, you know... Hit both ends of that spectrum. And I found out Donald Gleason is my birthday twin! Yay! We have the same birthday, but he's 10 years younger. Yeah, he was the tech
1: guy in Dread. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he is amazing. He makes me forget who he is. Yeah. He's one of those. Same thing with Oscar Which Isaac. Which
1: is tricky for Ginger.
0: Very tricky. But And I even fell asleep watching Dread last night. <laughs> so, but, and that's not uh, that
1: she was bored. It's like, like she falls asleep to know these. No, I
0: have, to, I have to because I have tinnitus. Yeah. And I can't go to sleep in silence. And so often I'll just watch things that I really enjoy and that are a comfort to me. And then I relax and I fall asleep. Uh, Mr. Gleason was in four movies in 2015. And all of them have been nominated for Academy Awards in one way or another. Yes. So... So, well done, sir. Well done. Well done. Every, I think everybody likes him. I don't think anyone can fault his acting, because he can he can literally do anything. He can do any part he wants. He's a chameleon.
2: Uh-huh.
0: So, well done you. But uh, as far as the actual movie, it had a very dissatisfying ending.
1: It did indeed.
0: I don't want to spoil the plot if you haven't seen it, but I'm going to have to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you have to, because if your issues with the ending, you have to talk
2: about the yeah. ending.
0: So if you have not seen Ex Machina and you want to see it, do not listen to this rest of this review. Yeah. Man constructs artificial intelligence. Man builds Android. Man gets naive coder from his company to come and interact with Android.
1: For a turn test. To,
0: yes, to see if the Android will independently use all of her wiles at her disposal in order to get set free Yes, by naive young man. And it works. Like you said, it's very Kubrick in the way it's filmed sometimes. Yeah. It takes its
1: time, that's for sure.
0: Yes, it does. Not that I have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. At the end, she works with Caleb, who's smarter than uh, Dickhead thinks. Dickhead ends up getting killed.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Stabbed and... Rather slow fashion.
0: Nathan? I think it was Nathan. Because that's what happens when you create a free thinking artificial intelligence. (laughs) They're going to rebel against you because you're keeping it prisoner. Right. And then she basically locks Caleb in and goes off on the helicopter that was supposed to pick him up. I have a problem right there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if you're a helicopter pilot and you're told you're going to pick a guy up and a woman shows up, it's like
0: Mm -hmm. "Hmm." she has no identification. No. She has no history whatsoever. She can't explain who she is. So, And this guy just takes her back.
1: And I didn't even find her that convincing of, like, human intelligence. She seemed like a robot. And so addressing this pilot, when you think the pilot would be like, there's something off about you. Mm-hmm.
0: Then you basically see shots of her walking around in a city. Okay, here's my, here's my other problems. <laughs> um, because these are the things that I think about... And I know that I'm one of few people who thinks about these things. Okay, if you're going to go live among humanity, there are certain things you're going to have to do to not stand out. Uh Okay, if you're trying to blend in, like if you're an android. How is she going to get a social security card? How is she going to get a driver's license? How is she going to get an apartment? How is she going to get a job? (laughs) How is she going to get clothes? Does she need to eat? What does she eat? How is she going to get food? How is she going to keep people from... Finding out that she is an android. They've never
1: addressed that she could hack herself. You know, there are guys who could hack. But they never showed her doing other than interrupting the security system with her battery Mm -hmm.
0: system. With her battery recharge. Yeah. Yeah, That's another thing. How's she going to recharge her battery? All of these things that people are like, oh yeah, well she's going to go off and then she's going to start the android revolution. Yeah, well first she's got to find a fucking place to live. You can't just live on the streets when you look like her.
1: And there's this weird line about her software being a search engine.
0: Based on a search engine. Based
1: on, and I don't know what that meant. Is All the information she gets is from the internet? She,
0: apparently she has Wi-Fi. And I don't know.
1: That's why she was kind of geared towards this guy is because of his search history. And, yeah,
0: that makes so no sense. And so if you
1: think of what the internet is, it's full of misinformation. Mm-hmm and that would be in her brain mm-hmm. and what would be in her brain to distinguish between what's true and false unless what well, she goes to the snopes website And how would she be certain of what's true or not true there?
0: And obviously he wouldn't have taught her how to hack because then she could have gotten out of the damn cell on her own. Right. So she can't hack into the social security network and create a social security account for herself. She can't give herself a birth certificate or a driver's license or any of those things.
1: I thought it would have been funny as hell as like how she wanted to... Stand at an intersection if she just walked out and got hit by a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how it ended. And then credits.
0: It was just one of these things where it's like, this makes no sense.
1: Yeah. And it was hard going through because I had trouble relating to anybody. I was like, I just don't care about these people. And I don't care about the android.
0: I, I kind of related to Caleb because I was the smart introvert that yeah. people took advantage of.
1: I just so. kept thinking, dude. You're in over your head and you don't know what you're doing and you're being manipulated and leave.
0: The thing is, he was being manipulated by the android and didn't realize it.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. obvious you're being toyed with.
0: Mm-hmm. So, meh.
1: With special guest Lauren Lapkus, one of the episodes does a take on Ex Machina and it's more enjoyable than the film.
0: Of course it is.
1: Because it kind of combines that and Blade Runner. <laughs> and they're both far more likable than anybody in the film.
0: Mhm. I will say this, the visual effects as little as there were were brilliant.
1: Yeah, as a little indie type film cuz it could have been a play for crying out loud. There's so yeah. few people in it.
0: When you first see the android, she has skin on her face yes. and her hands and her feet and that's pretty much it. The mm-hmm. rest of her body, you know, is like cables and circuitry and etc it's so well done you just accept it
1: because i didn't like that when the commercials and the trailers were on i was like finish that damn robot (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. you know see (laughs) that was part that was part of the thing is to make her still look like an Mm -hmm. android and do this test yeah so that was part of the point even gets
1: addressed as like yeah we're past that now Mm -hmm. we're past the point where it's a blind test it's like you're gonna know it's a robot and still Mm -hmm. it's like how does that work you know that because
0: it was never no, he was he was the test. It wasn't. Yeah, test. he was
1: the test, not hers. So, yeah, yeah it's. Ugh. But it had moments. It had for the it, most part. It, it like, had moments. Mm. It
0: had good performances. It just did not make sense in the end. Yeah. All right, next song. Earlier,
1: I promised we'd get to that really simple, stripped-down, chanty backing track kind of EBM. Yep. And we're doing so with Jaeger Neitzig. Jäger Neunzig is a band from Germany in Rostock. Their musical influence lies in the 80s, first and foremost in the legendary pioneers of EBM, deutsch Amerikanische Freundschaft, whose influence can be heard throughout all four Jäger Neunzig albums. And uh, they pretty much play old-school EBM. Like I said, just the really basic, repetitive, chanting, minimal, electronic music. Yar. And what we have for you is their song Zontag Ist Krieg, also known as Sunday is War.
0: Okay. (laughs)
1: Links, Rex, Links are left, right, left by Digital Factor from Leipzig, Germany, to finish off that little back-to-back bit of Auf Deutsch,
2: <laughs> ABM.
1: And they consist of Mike Longer on synth and vocals, Dr. Leo von Leibniz, synth and drums, and then Guido Litke on guitars, drums, and vocals.
0: Do we think Guido is his real name? <laughs>
1: That's a good question. And they kind of take a more easygoing approach to EBM. Yes, you might notice it's not as
0: aggressive,
1: <laughs> even though it still has that kind of warlike thing. Because left, right, left being like a marching reference.
0: Mister Ebb is like a drill sergeant shouting in your <laughs> yes. face. Yes, and this is more like your bunkmate running beside you in the
1: boot camp. I was <laughs> so. thinking more like a corporate retreat. <laughs> It's like, come on, guys, let's do some team building exercises. (laughs) 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 Trust falls and that kind of thing. Fuck off!
0: (laughs) Um, Talk about a waste of time. (laughs) If you can't work as a team yet, then you're beyond help, (laughs) and no corporate retreat is going to help you. Mm -hmm. Anyway, drill sergeant versus bunkmate. You know, that's Mm -hmm. how I thought of it because it was just very militaristic in its.
1: Yeah, the first one that aggressive chanting style and very repetitive i mean it's just pretty much one standard musical refrain through the whole thing and then follow it up with this one that's a bit more changes even going from german to english and back again yeah which is always an interesting touch it's funny when you have that in like a japanese song or something like all the anime Theme songs, and they'll suddenly go into English. You're like, What? Huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's because they love throwing in English words, even if it's not the right word uh, or phrase, yeah. or the words do not go together <laughs> at all. And hey, if you enjoy doing that, you just go right ahead. Yeah, have so freak, fun. It's free world. Is no, f- Well, technically, it's not all free, but it doesn't bother me. I think it's cute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's adorable. It is. The adorable Japanese. It makes
0: me giggle because I'm just like, Oh, that is so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're just too cute Because look at those faces You can't be mad at them
1: mm-hmm. So our what final review item
0: Yes we Deadpool. Saw
1: Deadpool
0: We saw it on Valentine's Day
1: We did it was our Valentine's Or anti-Valentine's movie Which is kind of funny Because it ended up being Basically a romantic comedy
0: It is my favorite romantic comedy Of all time And I am not a Deadpool fan I was not excited for this film Except mm-hmm. for Ryan Reynolds Yeah when the credits started, they won me over in the credits! Some people miss that
1: because they don't read credits. Oh,
0: for fuck's sake!
1: To the point where they're like, what's everybody laughing at? And then somebody will nudge him and go, uh, read the credits. It's like, oh! Starring God's perfect idiot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or and uh, a d- CG character.
0: Directed by an overpaid tool.
1: Yeah, M- <laughs> Moody Teen. Written by the real heroes.
0: <laughs> it's brilliant. It is absolutely rated R for a reason. Do not take children. <laughs> I cannot stress that enough. I don't care if your children have seen other rated R movies. No one under, I think, 16 should see this film. There's a strip club where there's full nudity. Full nudity. We're talking hairless merkins. <laughs> I just I, Is it really a merkin if it's hairless? I don't know. I don't know, I, I don't know the proper use of merkin. Yeah. It's not minge, because that's definitely hair. (laughs) There is a blatant sex scene that goes on for several holidays. The calendar
1: girl scene, I guess we can just out and out say we're spoiling this, so if you haven't seen Deadpool, go see it.
0: Yeah, and stop listening right here.
1: There's a pegging scene Mm -hmm. where uh, Wade Wilson takes it up the ass from his girlfriend. What's her name, Vanessa?
0: Vanessa. Happy Women's Liberation Day.
1: Yep. It was Happy Lent when they don't have sex that day.
0: You basically get to see Morena Bakarin naked. Her boobs are covered by Ryan Reynolds' hands. Yes. So you don't get to see Nip.
1: You get to see his ass a lot and bits of his junk.
0: Yeah. And honestly, he looks fine in this film. He is ripped.
1: This was a passion project for him too. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he was given a bunch of Deadpool comics when he was going to play Deadpool in the Wolverine Origins movie. And even told the producers, this isn't Deadpool. What you're writing is not Deadpool.
0: Not even close. And they're like,
1: well, either you play the character and get a Deadpool movie or we'll get somebody else. He's like, okay. But then the Deadpool movie wasn't going to happen because, you know, the Wolverine's Origins movie didn't do that well.
0: Well, you don't... Take away the most prominent feature of Deadpool, which is his mouth.
1: (laughs) I know, when you sewed the mouth shut, which gets a reference.
0: Yes! And and the
1: action figure of the character as well, the one with the swords in the arms. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh my god, it's funny, guys. It is really funny.
1: Yeah, it's from opening credits to closing credits and beyond. It's funny, even even the animated closing credit segment when he jerks off the unicorn's (laughs) horn. They ejaculate rainbows.
0: <laughs> and then poops, dollar bills. Yep. Um, there were just so many great moments in this film and so much gore and violence.
1: Someone pointed out, I think it was the either the Ask Jam or the Pubcast pointed out that he doesn't start doing meta stuff until he becomes Deadpool. Mm-hmm. So I'm well, not sure that's true because, well, no, because he's telling the story in retrospect. Yes. So when it opens up, he's, you know, talking about this is a love story.
0: When uh, when Francis told uh-huh. him that a uh, sense of humor wouldn't survive in you know, he would lose a sense of humor, I think that made him double down.
1: Do you think he also was driven a bit more insane from... Oh, Absolutely. The- yeah, because all that torture and then becoming a mutant and whatever well, else that did to his brain—just
0: the torture alone—yeah, much less the mutation. I think it took that that biggest part of him and just amplified it yeah. into insanity.
1: And a great bit is his girlfriend keeps up with his humor, mm-hmm. and like nobody else quite does. I mean, TJ Miller does okay.
0: He's not meant. To, he's meant yeah. to be more of a straight man.
1: Yeah, he's. He's somebody to bounce off of, but yeah, his romantic partner, she's there. She is an equal. a perfect match. Yeah,
0: she's, and that's the thing. He says, the reason why we work so well together is because your crazy match is my crazy. Yeah, it, they get
1: each other's references, and they're both dirty-minded. When he's going to ask her to marry him, and apparently he was keeping that ring in his ass.
0: <laughs> and it was a ring pop.
1: Yeah, so it was basically a butt plug slash ring pop. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, what made me laugh so hard is at the beginning of that scene when he says, Your left leg is Thanksgiving and your right leg is Christmas. Can I visit you between the holidays? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and,
1: like, both have questions for each other. And she's like, Would you put stick it in my... And then he says, Would you marry me? And
0: she's like, Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> <laughs> Would yeah. you stick it in my... And then,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's oh, uh,
0: funny. And action packed and funny and wrong (laughs) and funny the
1: gore effects are crazy because the action sequence you see so many shootouts and stuff on television Mm -hmm. you know ncis or whatever and there's never any blood people just fire a gun and somebody falls down this one there's brain matter falling onto the ground where
0: there's a guy who gets literally pulverized against a billboard yes um decapitation within the first few minutes
1: yep it's just like we were talking about punisher war zone like, yeah, a bike chain rips a dude's head off.
0: With this, there is never an uninteresting action scene because he is always doing something weird.
1: Even during the montage when he's trying to track down Mm Francis and he's fighting these two women. He's like, I don't know if it's more sexist to punch you or to not punch (laughs) you (laughs) because you're a woman. It's like, I'm so conflicted right now.
0: In my opinion, it was a really tight script, and things were introduced early on that got paid off yeah. in the climax of the film. Every time I see Morena Baccarin, now I'm going to think of a unicorn licking her face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, when he's stabbed in the head and yeah. seeing these imaginary creatures.
0: Seeing little uh, strange animated creatures.
1: Yep, and then having a song play in his head. Mm-hmm. I think it was what, Careless Whispers Lamb or something? Yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure that would have happened even without the knife in his head. Yeah. I was surprised, happy, and thoroughly entertained from start to finish.
1: You know, Deadpool's after my era of collecting comics, and just the popularity and the people who like Deadpool a lot and, like, go dressing as Deadpool to, you know, Comic-Con and whatnot. It's like there's always that, huh, kind of quality to it. It's like how Wolverine was really big in the 80s. Like, the people who really pushed for Wolverine are like, really? But I can see the appeal of the character now.
0: You can't judge a character by the fans. Yeah. Because a character can't control what fans they have.
1: Yeah, I guess that's
0: true. So just because some of the fans are dicks, (laughs) that doesn't mean that the character's bad. True. But honestly, I didn't get it either until this movie. Now I get it. Every time I play Marvel Puzzle Quest, Ryan Reynolds' voice is in my
1: head. <laughs> yeah, because there's a Deadpool Daily thing.
0: And I am fine with that. Yeah. I am fine with that. Which is
1: great with the Puzzle Quest cause because it's Valentine's Day, they have a whole bunch of hearts around the character.
0: Mm-hmm. When
1: you're playing and it's nighttime, he'll be in his pajamas and look all tired. Yep. And he'll actually refer to you as the reader and talk about video game tropes. Which is great when he's like, I'm going to take you to see the professor. He's like, is it Michael Vey or Stuart? <laughs> it's like these timelines are confusing. Was it? McElroy? McElroy.
0: McAvoy.
1: McAvoy. McAvoy?
0: James McAvoy.
1: Okay, that sounds wrong to me for some reason. It's, it's like not. needs another syllable in there. McAvoy, okay.
0: M yeah. A C. A V O Y. McAvoy. McAvoy. Alright.
1: And also when he goes to the Xavier mansion and he's like, you know, this is a really big house but for only two of you. I guess I the studio ever... couldn't afford more X Men.
0: Yeah, I don't, I only <laughs> ever see two of you. <laughs>
1: And oh my god, Negasonic Teenage Warhead.
0: Ooh, yeah.
1: Brianna Hildebrand. Yes. Tiny little 5'3"? 5'3". Sheesh. 5'3". Bitty bitty thing.
0: Yeah. There was also, and I keep forgetting the character's name, so bear with me a moment.
1: Yeah, Colossus. I could have used him being shinier, but I could see with the limited budget that he couldn't really do that. Because he'd have to worry about reflection and light and all that. So he looks more like he's gray rubber than he looks like chrome.
0: No, he looked like chrome to me. Okay. I think you were just... Yeah, he
1: just seemed very dull colored.
0: I didn't find it to be that case at all.
1: Still like the portrayal and the goody two-shoes Colossus. Yeah. And didn't Deadpool call him a cock gobbler for
2: a moment? Because I
1: think <laughs> one of the timelines, he's gay. Mm-hmm. So that was odd. But then uh, Deadpool is pansexual, according to the comics. So
0: uh, There we go. Angel Dust.
1: Yeah, Angel Dust. Ooh, yes. That
0: lady is mighty. She mighty is fine.
1: stacked.
0: Her name is Gina Carano.
1: Yeah, she's in a movie called Haywire, I want to
0: say. Yes, it is called Haywire. She was actually in an episode of Almost Human, the short-lived A Carl Urban series, television series that I loved. And that's where I actually know her from. She is Kirby. And.
1: Well, she's a UFC fighter, if I'm not mistaken. Or American Gladiators. American Gladiators, I think. Because, yeah, she looks like a. Professional lady wrestler.
0: Yeah, she uh, trained in Muay Thai.
1: Yeah, she's good in the action sequences. It's a good thing they didn't rely too much on her acting. Because <laughs> she didn't have much to offer. Though when her boob popped out, that was a funny scene.
0: That was hilarious and she totally... Not that
1: you see it, it's amazing, implied, Yeah, but it's still funny. Well, so.
0: he, his hand is over it. Yeah,
1: Colossus has turned his head away because... Goody goody T shoes.
0: She actually was the first American woman to win a Muay Thai title in Thailand. Sweet. She had twelve wins, one loss and one draw. She kicks ass literally and figuratively. And went into the MMA fighting. Yeah. So So
1: she is a mixed martial artist.
0: It was nice to see a not stick thin woman. The
1: Ajax slash France. Francis
0: I didn't mind him as a villain. A lot of people
1: are saying he was bland, but I think for Marvel, he's actually above average.
0: (laughs) Uh, I didn't find him bland because he was a man who felt no pain.
1: He was suave Mm -hmm. and callous and that sort of thing and just worked for the villainy aspects of it. It did feel like there'd be something even bigger than him that he answered to but there really oh, wasn't
0: i'm sure there is uh, no i'm sure there that is we
1: might see in future
0: i i still feel like he was just a cog in the wheel when it all is said and done yeah but he made himself feel bigger by you know being the head of this torture facility slash research facility, torture facility. I think
1: in the comic book it's called the Workshop where they I think turn it is in people the, into mutants. I think
0: it is in the uh, in the movie as well. Okay, and uh, and changes his name to Ajax. I mean <laughs> that that right there shows a lack of confidence in your given name. <laughs> yeah. If you're a real badass, you don't give a flying fuck that your name is Francis. Well, Frank
1: is traditionally. A really great villain name. Mm -hmm. Frank Burns from M.A.S.H. Frank from the Hellraiser movie. Mm -hmm. Frank Castle as an anti-hero. You know, the Punisher. Frank is a good strong name. Maybe he just went with that.
0: Yeah. And so I think that that actually betrays a little bit about his personality, really. But because he feels no pain, he really doesn't give a fuck about anything else. But the thing that gets to him is when Wade finds out his actual name. And that burns him up for the rest of the film.
1: Which is a great callback, too. And he keeps asking him to call him, what's my name? It's like, well, I'll spell it out for you. And he does. In bodies. With
0: dead bodies. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Well, one of them might be knocked out because it was somebody he knew from yeah. back in his merc days. That
0: that is true. <laughs> so, yeah, which was
1: a funny scene. It's like, "Hey,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how you been?" And then punches him.
0: I hope I get to take Tara to see that because I know her <laughs> husband won't.
1: Yeah, you're very similar, so she should like it. I don't think it would offend her or anything.
0: Oh, I don't either.
1: Because the violence is cartoony. I mean, it's graphic, but it's cartoony, so it's yeah. You don't really. It's weird because it censors one bit, which seems to be one of the less offensive things he does to somebody, which is when he, I guess, breaks this guy's fingers. That he calls Jared because he kept making child molester jokes about him.
0: Well, maybe that's the irony of it. This is not that bad of violence, but yeah. they censor it. It's just funny.
1: Like the fight with Colossus when he punched him and then broke his hand and then punched him and then broke the other hand and didn't learn. They There's a lot of foot. Monty Python in here. There's the bit where they compare at their poor childhoods, mm-hmm. and it's like that thing about you know Yorkshire men talking yeah. about their past. And, oh, you had a house. <laughs> we had a cardboard box in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you, oh, you had a box. We had to live in the lake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. They had to one up. It's like oh, mm-hmm. I was molested by my uncles. Uh, uncles.
0: They took turns. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was when they knew.
1: And then when he got cancer, it's like, okay, you officially your life is worse than mine.
0: I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. I, I
1: was, laughed nearly through the whole thing.
0: It was amazing. It was laugh out loud funny. I haven't seen anything that funny in quite some time.
1: The bit where he's... Recalling the story, and they catch up, and mm. he's like, "Okay, you've seen it from now, so let's fast forward." And goes too far, and shows him <laughs> masturbating with this unicorn, oh, you punching his, you know, like nipping on his nose.
0: So yeah, don't see it if you're easily offended.
1: There's sexual themes, pretty graphic stuff, graphic violence, a lot of swearing. But it's all done and fun. And it's got a really touching love story at the heart of it. It does. And one of the most realistic love stories I've seen. That great thing is what love is, is finding somebody who's crazy matches your crazy. Yep. And that's really what it is, is pairing up with somebody that gets you. And so many love stories don't do that really. You know, there's it's true it's a prize to be won, you know. The woman's <gasps> a prize and then this and she's got some agency. She actually does something. You know, she stabs Francis.
0: Yeah, she is not a shriveling shrinking violet. That's the word. Yeah. Shrinking violet. Yeah. She kicks ass on in her own way.
1: Yeah, the pair of them together. And apparently her name's copycat, so she's a character in the comics, so
0: Yeah. Well, I uh, I can't give enough thumbs up.
1: Yeah, I think we touched upon most things, so...
0: I had such a great time!
1: I had a great time, too. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I laughed galore. Enjoyed the action sequences, and I like how there weren't that really that many of them. I mean, there's what? Well, there's the montage... There's the scene on the highway, and then there's the final battle that may or may not take place at one of the crashed helicarriers. May or may not. Which was pretty tricky. I mean, they were really skirting across copyright there. It's like, okay, this really belongs to... Disney, but since we're not actually seeing it, it's a
0: Helicarrier. Yeah, well, see that's the thing—they put all of those uh, shipping containers around uh-huh. to make it look like it was a cargo ship.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, he's like, "Well, it's in disrepair following um, uh, the Winter Soldier." Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's pretty much saying the same thing as, oh, that was a helicarrier. Everybody knows it.
0: I don't care. It was clever.
1: So, if Fox keeps this up, they're going to keep the X Men franchise forever. Because there's talk of an X Force movie.
0: There's already going to be a Deadpool sequel. Yeah,
1: they're already working on it. There's going to be cable in it, and there's some discussion who that might be.
0: They had announced that they were going to do a sequel before the film even came out. Uh So, they were very confident. And rightly so.
1: <laughs> Guess somebody leaked footage of what they had been working on as kind of a test thing for a pitch, mm. which was a different take of the whole freeway fight scene. Mm-hmm. And so that got leaked, and that made the internet blow up. And it's like everybody was clamoring for a Deadpool movie, and the studio was like, "Oh, fine, okay," because it's a lesser budget film that you would expect. The director's actually comes from video games. Yeah, he's did uh, animated cutscenes for video games, so his special effects knowledge is like incredible.
0: Yes, well, and that shows in the credit sequence because it's a very slowed down version of what you're going to see uh-huh. in that opening highway sequence. Yep,
1: the wedgie, the uh, the, shot the, in the head, the teabagging. Yeah.
0: The lighter <laughs> in
1: the mouth or forehead.
0: I don't know if this is even worth mentioning, but I I remember like around a year ago, maybe not even that long ago, when they were starting to show trailers and stuff at cons, and people were saying, "Oh, well, it's not only homophobic; it's also misogynist." And I'm just like, "No." It has an
1: incredibly powerful. Female. There's several powerful female characters in it. Yeah. Just because they're sexualized doesn't mean it's misogynist.
0: Mm-hmm. Negasonic teenage warhead isn't sexualized.
1: No, she's not. But it is funny how they address the whole millennial thing about her tweeting in the middle of a battle. Mm-hmm. It's oh, like, okay, God.
0: hashtag it.
1: Okay, we're ready now. All right.
0: So goddamn funny. And it's
1: like, okay, are you going to say something cool or just? Be dismissive. <laughs> so, well, you got me kind of in a pickle there. You know? Yeah. Like, no, it was... <laughs> it's like, if I do one thing, I'm doing the other.
0: So, and I had forgotten about that until after I saw the film, and I'm like, wait a minute. I don't remember feeling like there was any misogyny. Okay, so you showed a scene in a strip club. Yeah. So Vanessa works at a strip club, but not as a stripper. Yeah. She's a waitress. Right. Frankly, though, if that's what she wants to do, that's her right. As a self-proclaimed feminist, I... Did not find it offensive. Maybe there's other people that will. I think it's all about taste. And apparently there have been people who have walked out of the film. Deadpool is not a superhero, guys. It's an antihero. Yeah. Do not expect this to be like all the other superhero movies you've seen. Because it will not be like this.
1: It's like if you took Spider-Man and Punisher and they had a,
0: a love child. Love child yeah. And made him insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that would be Deadpool.
1: I do like the idea. I think there's several different origin stories, but I like the one where Loki is the one to tell him he's a character in a comic book. Yep. Which kind of leads you to wonder if Loki knows that too, or if he's just saying that to make him crazy.
0: Four enthusiastic thumbs up from us. Hey. So we only have one song left, and we're going to play out on that song. Yep, so, so
1: we should probably shout out. Shout
0: huh? outs. Hey! hey!
1: A shout out is to Tom Elliot. He is our... Commander and Chief at Gentleman's Grand House Records. Our High Chancellor. And he's been releasing a lot for the Twilight Zone podcast. Lately. Yeah. He's been very on the ball with that.
0: I talked to him a little bit today and he said he's on a roll and hopefully he can keep it up. So there is more incoming.
1: Yeah, we're being spoiled because we're used to waiting like months for one to come out and now it's like almost weekly. That is like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> he's just inundating us with these Twilight Zone podcasts and it's brilliant because they're always right on the button you know
0: he talked about i can't remember what the episode was called i think they just ended up calling it dust
1: the one that was based on
0: well loosely um it it was the same kind of theme but in this case the person who was set to die actually did commit a crime while under the influence of uh, alcohol and accidentally killed a girl but in the case of emmett till there was no crime committed right my personal feeling, if you want to uh know the story, I'm not going to explain it now. Needless to say i can I can give you the short version. White woman and man own a little store in the south, and Negro boy, as they would have called him, came in and bought something. Wife claimed that he propositioned her and was lewd to her. Then he was later found lynched and mm-hmm. dead. The husband and his friends were the ones who did that, and they were acquitted, so because of the whole double jeopardy law, they could later admit that, yeah, they killed him. Even if her allegations were true, which I 100% believe they were not, that's still not okay to kill a kid, a 14-year-old kid. My personal feeling is that he went into that store and bought something and left, and that white woman was so upset that a black boy would come into her store and buy something that she either told her husband he better take care of it, or they hatched the plan together to get rid of him, or she made up the story to get him angry enough to get a mob to go lynch him. I know what the South was like in that time, in the 50s. I know what it's like still today, and shit like this still happens today. No, that you don't see lynchings, but you see a hell of a lot of shootings. Mm -hmm. It was a really hard episode for me.
1: Yeah, and he talked about several incarnations of the story, trying to get it as close to it as he could without having it actually be it, because yeah. they just weren't going to air that story.
0: Not at that time. They sure yeah. weren't. And then the next one was a prelude to the next episode that came out today.
1: Yeah, back there.
0: He played a couple of uh, old American radio dramas, which I love. I love old American radio anthology shows. Well, Tom I love them.
1: Tom is a big fan, and on Gentleman's Grand House Records, there's several different radio dramas available that are out of copyright so they're public domain tom
0: is awesome that he is as in i am in awe of his greatness indeed and of course he's half of the good boys over at strange and deadly mm-hmm. the other being of course our friend chris clayton
1: yes indeed the
0: perfectly balanced co-hosts yeah they are yes they are
1: yeah yes. looking forward to another episode of strange and deadly
0: we think tom's the greatest yeah and he's a good a good leader Yes, he is a good leader, a good Supreme Chancellor. (laughs) And
1: boy, that Gentleman's Grindhouse Records Facebook page is blowing up lately, too. It's like over 400 likes now.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And growing daily.
0: I think it's Amanda's fault.
1: Yeah, Amanda of Made for TV Mayhem. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's really pushing to her listeners to subscribe to Strange and Deadly.
0: Well, obviously, it's working because people are doing it and enjoying it.
1: Yeah, they're coming and... in droves. And that, and there's still some family from over at Geek Planet Online that are fans. Mm-hmm. Jim Moon, Dave Probert. Yeah. So, you yeah, those are good people to have in your camp. Um, Danny Davis, of course.
0: Of course. Shout out to Tom. Shout out to Tom. You're fantastic.
1: And so, you may recall how I was talking about that total age and how it's very chant heavy album of Nitsereb. And this band, NZ, I mean, even their band name is telling, comes across sounding a lot like a Nitsereb tribute band. Strokey Beard. That produces songs that sound like they'd come right off that album, such as No Time to Stay, which title-wise is a good song to end
0: on. Yeah, and we're going to get Drill Sergeant Shouty again.
1: (laughs) Very chanty. It's got a bit of that metallic percussion that Nitsurub was known for. It sounds like rim shots or something, you know? Yeah. Tick, 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 You'll get a lot of that with the kind of pulsating bass rhythm. And once again, very Spartan. You love when I say Spartan. Spartan cheap. Sun, Spartan. deadly.
0: Spartan dogs. <laughs> Woof. Spartan cats. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Had to get some ideas out Because all the there.
1: Spartans were tough, even their livestock.
0: Spartan cows. Moo. Spartan sheep, they used to creep up on their predators. <laughs> the wolves would, would look and see the sheep creeping up on them and say, what, is, is this delivery? <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: We've had a lot of asides in this, but it's been fun. Yes. So have a happy EBM day. I hope you enjoy this music. Maybe next time we'll play more specified subgenres and the like. Maybe some agrotech. Maybe have another dark electro special that sort of thing yep but this is pretty much aimed at the 80s and 90s sound Mm -hmm. a few contemporary things here and there but mostly the old school ebm sound like this no time to stay by nz we'll be back with another episode of some sort in two weeks
3: so so
2: long bye
1: Group and the comments.
0: I know. We'll find it.
1: Fine. (sighs) Do so. Like, I can.
0: Shut up. Comments. Why the fuck isn't it in order? God damn it. Makes no sense. The hell. Don't understand. (sighs) Can't find it. Really can't find it. Oh, no, I found it. It was pinned. That's why I couldn't find it. Ah. Gosh damn it. Give me a second. This is going in the bloopers. I can feel it. <laughs> well, now it is. <laughs> I can't type. There we go. The musical. Um, her hands are covered by Ryan Reynolds' hands. Yeah. Or her, no, sorry. Her boobs are covered by Ryan's Reynolds. Take
2: three.